Uncertainty leaves an uneasy feeling, and we're not short of it these days. There are many things happening in our world today that feel, well, unstable. Such is the case for the couple in today's story who are in for a rough road trip. So let's get on the road. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Three, two, one, fire. Yes, and that includes sound effects. I'm Timothy Gregory, bringing you the story of a man and woman who, while facing the country's gas crisis, ran into a crisis of the soul. We'll see just where their trip leads them on today's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Also, you want to stick around because later we are going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize that you are really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. The Summer's End Classic. See anyone? It's dark. Just like the last six stations we tried. Oh, look! The door's propped open. They wouldn't just leave it like... What are you doing? Trying to see if they'll turn the pumps on for me. If they've got gas, they're not going to give it to the rudest person to pull up. <sighs> Fine. I'll go. Ah! Here comes someone. Uh, probably to shoot you. What? Gonna help you folks? Yes, sir. Uh, we're looking for gas. Well, I sold the last drop about an hour ago. It doesn't do us much good. How much you got in your tank? A gallon, maybe two, and we're about 400 miles away from home. Well, not good. <laughs> not good at all. In the United States, the first Monday in September is observed as Labor Day. It is a day where the contribution of the nation's workforce is recognized and achievements are celebrated. Creating a three-day weekend, the holiday is an occasion for many vacation travels by Americans. One reason, of course, is because it's the last holiday weekend of the summer season. Psychologically, if not officially, it marks the ending of summer. Because this summer's end comes at a deeply troubled time where People are searching for answers. We'd like to offer a few that may not otherwise be heard at all. So for this special occasion and for these unprecedented times, we're creating a story rather than reporting a personal testimony. Here it is, the story we're calling Summer's End, right now on Unshackled. Sandra and I had driven 500 miles to the coast. And sure, gas costs a lot more than it usually did, but Sandra had been wanting to go all summer. Truth be told, I'd been too busy to take off work, so this was my way of making it up to her. Taking the last chance we had. We had a good time, until now. Now threatened to ruin the whole experience. I had to get us home, somehow, some way. Any idea how conditions are further along the highway? 
Yeah, much like they are here. Seems like everybody had the same idea getting in one last trip, gas shortage or not. Well, I've always managed to get it until now. In fact, things haven't been as bad as I feared they might. Everyone must have been thinking along the same lines. Sold gas twice as fast as I have been. When's your next delivery? Two, maybe three days. We're not out of business. Yet. I imagine the stations along the highway have been hit the hardest. Think if I were to try some little town out in the country, away from the highway, I I'd have luck? You might, but the Royal Stations don't get filled up as often as we do. Well, I, I guess... I'll just have to give it a try. Not much more to do. Good luck. Thanks. I need all the luck I can get. I had no idea what lay ahead for us, but I hoped it'd be a highly flammable refined petroleum. The thought of telling Sandra we were stranded without even a hotel to stay in, which would leave us sleeping in the car at a station waiting for gas. It's the last thing I wanted to do, and probably wouldn't live through. You really think we'll do better getting away from the highway? <laughs> Can't do worse, honey. I mean, why don't you look at the GPS and we'll pick a town and start heading for it? Alright, uh, how about uh, this town called Irwin? How many miles is it? Says nine. That'll do. You have arrived at your destination. Ain't much of a town. Sure isn't. Oh, there's a post office. Grocery store is over here. No sign of a gas station. Oh, I should have looked harder at the GPS. I just assumed it being a town and all. It's all right. What else is close? Hmm, let's see. There's one in 12 miles, and it does have a gas symbol for a Nix gas and dash. That sounds promising, doesn't it? Oh, look, if we stay on country roads, it'll save us two miles. Let's take that route. The thought of traveling two miles less on our dwindling gas was so enticing. I sold out the perfectly paved highway without a second thought, not even seeing the gravel roads in awful condition from the earlier rain swayed me in the least. Saving gas was all that mattered. Funny how many mistakes a man can make in a single moment. Can you believe it's taking so long? Honey, I'm just glad we haven't gotten stuck yet. <sighs> yet is the key word. We're more than halfway now. We can't turn back. All right, uh, I just wish we would have taken the highway. Ah, uh, great. Are you doing that on purpose? What? Remember when we were dating and you took me out on a country road and pretended to run out of gas as a prank? That was a prank. Well, is this? No, and there's no gas can in the trunk this time to save us. That's it. That's as far as we're making it. How far are we from town? Uh, oh no. What? No cell reception. <sighs> Great. <sighs> we're so far out in the boonies, I probably don't even have electricity out here. Uh, we've got to be at least four or five miles from town. At least. And it's raining again. Figures. It had all been a gamble, a gamble that clearly wasn't paying off. We should have just waited at the highway pit stop, but 
If the station or someone in town had gas to sell, the whole situation could have been rectified. It still held the potential to become a funny story to tell at parties. And Sandra was taking it better than I thought she would. In fact, better than me. Well, it's down to a sprinkle. So, do we wait or walk? Guess we better get started. Come out on my side. Okay. Uh, wait, you hear that? So sounds like a tractor. I, I hope they keep coming this way. Uh, we won't have to walk. Could we be so lucky? Yes, it's coming! Who knows? Maybe they'll have gas. I mean, they've got enough to run the tractor. That's diesel they're running on, though. So they may not have gasoline either. Oh, yeah. Hey! hey. Hello. Hello? Hello? Hi! Hi! Over here! Hey there. Boy, are we glad to see you. Y'all stuck? The roads are a mess out here. No, sir. Broke down? No, sir. We're out of gas. Uh-oh. You wouldn't happen to have any, uh... No. Not on me. And, of course, I, I run diesel on this. What do we do? Well, reckon you better come home with me. Oh, uh, where's home? Well, about a mile and a half east. I see. I got a log chain. Uh, I could pull your car back, too, with the tractor. That'll be great. It'll get out of the road. Yep. We'll go from there on figuring what to do. Uh, that's very kind of you. That's uh, just what folks do around here. Sure beats walking, doesn't it? Oh, I'm so glad I'm not in this mud. Oh, look, that must be their house. Huh. I like the porch. There's a quaint beauty to it, isn't there? There is. Hey, check out the mailbox. G-R-Ape. That can't be his name. It's been a very strange day. Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> what do you suppose his first name is? George, maybe? Or Great? Eric. <laughs> what? Maybe folks call him Great Ape. I'd have to change my name if that was it. You wouldn't want to be introduced as Mr. and Mrs. Ape. I bet it's George. Doesn't he look like a George? I had an uncle named Gene. Ah, I could see that. I can't wait to meet Mrs. Ape. Lucy! Lucy, I got some folks here for you to meet. Well, hi there. Won't you come in? Hello. Uh, how'd y'all end up here? Uh, we ran out of gas trekking to the nearest town. Oh, are the stations out again? <laughs> Just last week, Mrs. Reynolds at the grocery store was saying we should all fuel up before the holiday. <laughs> we heard of shortages, but never had to deal with any ourselves, so didn't take it too serious. Well, never mind all that. What do y'all go by? We're the Carlins, Eric and Sandra. Oh, Eric and Sandra, this is my wife Lucy and I'm Ray. Oh, uh, I, 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 I mean, your last name is, uh, is it, uh... What? Well, Ray, uh, we thought from seeing the mailbox your name would start with G. <laughs> you, you thought we were Mr. and Mrs. Ape. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's, it's a nice, short, strong name. <laughs> We're, we're Mr. and Mrs. Grape. When I painted the mailbox, I, I spaced the letters too far apart, and some neighbor kids thought it'd be funny to add some periods so it reads G period R period ape. 
<laughs> Lucy was madder than a hen about it and was going to repaint it all, but I told her being the apes might be amusing. And chances are kids would have done their handiwork all over again. So we just left it. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> well, why don't you make yourselves comfortable out on the north porch? And I got to go put the tractor away and then, then I can join you. Supper's already in the oven and we'll be out in about a half an hour. I'll make some calls and see if any of the neighbors have some gas to spare. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Thank you kindly. If it wasn't for your generosity, I'd be sitting in the car and Eric would be up to his knees in mud. It's no trouble. So, out of an unpromising beginning comes a serendipitous situation. Ever since the princes of serendip in a fanciful story were forever getting into unpromising circumstances and coming out of them successfully, we've had the word serendipity. There is, in Christian tradition, a saying that expresses the same general idea, but from a standpoint of reverence. It says, man's disappointments are God's appointments. Folks, we'll get back to the Summer's End Classic in just a moment, but first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org. And then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, unshackled. We take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. Now, back to our classic story, Summer's End. As Eric and Sandra Carlin sat with Ray Grape, enjoying the shady porch of the farmhouse, the conversation turned to serious matters. I never expected to see the day in this country and in peacetime when I could possibly run out of gasoline because of a shortage. It is a little surprising especially when you consider how much gas isn't being used by the Army and the Air Force. That's right. I imagine they run quite a bit on diesel fuel. And compare that with our gas consumption in WW2, when the main fuel was gasoline. Of course, in those days, there was rationing, and there weren't as many folks. That's true. And it was foreshadowed just like it is now, by the prices going sky high. <laughs> All I know is... It shakes your faith to find that you can't expect to find a ready gas pump at every corner. Your faith in what, Eric? In our industry, our, our government leaders, in our resources. I'll agree. If, if you're going to put your faith in people and institutions, this hasn't been a very good year for faith. 
But has it crossed your mind that there's a better place to put your faith? Such as? Do you know much about the Bible, Eric? Not really. Why? Well, let me go and get mine. It's on the table in the dining room. I noticed it in there. Unlike most of the Bibles I've seen, it seems to have been used a great deal. Yeah. You know, I should get another one, but it always seems like it takes a year or so to get used to finding things in a new Bible. I'll be right with you. These people seem very nice, Eric. I'd say we're lucky to be here, to have come across them. Do you suppose Mr. Grape is one of those religious fanatics? Oh, he seems pretty sensible to me. Shh, here he comes. Now, here we are. And before I read this to you, maybe I should explain that I have sometimes felt the way you say you do. Disillusioned, you mean? That's it. In the past few years, we have been exposed to a regular flood of disillusioning experiences. You can say that again. It's been very easy, as you say, to lose our faith in our institutions and our leaders. There's been such an overwhelming succession of disillusionments that, well, it almost seems as though some enemy has engineered a series of disasters. Do you suppose anyone could possibly want to destroy our confidence? Possibly. But the point I want to make is that if our faith was in the right place to begin with, we would be unshakable. I don't understand. Well, here. I'll read to you. It's from the book of Psalms, and this is 146th Psalm. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, he returned to his earth, and that very day his thoughts perish. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, which made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that therein is which keepeth true forever, which executeth judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry. The Lord looseth the prisoners. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous. The Lord preserveth the strangers. He relieveth the fatherless and widow, but the way of the wicked he turneth upside down. The Lord shall reign forever, even thy God, O Zion, unto all generations. Praise ye the Lord. That's very beautiful. True, but don't let the beauty blind you to the truth it expresses. Put not your trust in princes. That's it. And the words that follow warn against placing our faith in fellow humans. I take it you don't think much of your fellow man. I'm greatly concerned about him. But I don't make man an object of faith neither any individual nor mankind as a whole. Don't you believe in human dignity, Mr. Grape? Mm, Not as a basic attribute of man, no. Not anymore. Why not anymore? Does that mean not since something happened? Right. What is it that happened? Hold on. Now this is going to jolt you a little. (laughs) Jolt us? Really? Man has not been worthy of trust. He has had no real dignity of his own ever since he rebelled against the authority of God. 
And you think that's what's happened these last several years? No, that's the part I said would jolt you. It happened in Eden. Are you trying to tell us the story of Adam and Eve? It's more than a story. And it makes very clear that the temptation was to set themselves up as God and to make their own decisions as to what is right and wrong. That was the day situation ethics came into the world and caused man to be sent away from the presence of God in Eden. That's quite a statement. And I know a lot of people would resist it. Yeah, they'll tell you that as long as anything is done in love, it's perfectly all right. It's fine. But it so happens that man in his unregenerate state has no capacity for unselfish love. The Bible tells us the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. So how does the Bible say he can? Only when the love of God is poured through us can we be genuinely loving. Until then, we're sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. So, for a moment, let's just say you're right. How does this affect our confidence in our government and institutions? Are they doomed to fail? Are you telling me there's nothing to trust in? I'm telling you that you can put your trust in God and do so confidently. How so? When someone's fully trusting God, they cannot be shaken no matter what happens. Nations will rise and fall, leaders will come and go, and the world would be ransacked by disease, disasters, and politics, all shaking public confidence so it can't stand firm. You seem pessimistic. Perhaps I am about the world, people, but not about God. That's where I gain strength believing my help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. But what about our nation? This nation, and any nation, can have an assured future provided it recognizes the sovereignty of God and the lordship of his Son. Well, look at all the churches in this country. That should mean something. Depends. On what? If it's the word of God being taught, or what people want to hear. You think that's what's going on? In some of them, absolutely. And it's pointless and wrong. Religion has been the way to destruction for a great many nations. You really see it like that? I do. There needs to be more than religion. Paganism is even a form of religion. But what matters is, if it's truly of God, God will spare a nation that genuinely honors Him. But can you really speak for God, Mr. Grape? I can, when I'm reading from His Word. Here, let me find it. It's in Second Chronicles, seventh chapter. Ah, here it is. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. Sounds a bit like this year's headlines. It does. It goes on. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I've not heard that before. I'm afraid most people haven't. But it's there and it's a solemn promise from God. If this nation or any nation were to take it seriously, our troubles would be over. I firmly believe that as we have turned from God sought our own ways and desires, 
that God has allowed us to wallow in our own filth. How do you think we did that? Yeah, most people believe they do good. Gross materialism, greed, sexual sin of all kinds, violence, unbelief, immorality, taking life in the name of abortion, the list goes on. And folks justify doing so. They make exceptions for themselves. And because of this, you think God's turned from us. To me, these days have a feeling of the wrath of God written all over. So why doesn't God make exceptions for people like you? Why are Christians facing the same issues as non-Christians? I read that God's reign falls on the just and the unjust alike. I think the same is true of lack of rain, just part of living in this fallen world. Doesn't sound fair. Where's your confidence then? That it can, it, it can never be shaken? My confidence is that as a sinner who has placed his faith in Christ, I am now a child of God, an heir of the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> Isn't that assuming a great deal? Only that God's promises are true. And since I'm convinced of it, then I can face these crazy times and the future with confidence. No matter what falls apart around me, I know that I'm going into eternity with God. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. That's exactly right. Where did you learn that? Vacation Bible school as a kid. I had almost completely forgotten it till just now. It's something I believe completely. Can you tell me what you mean by becoming a child of God? Sure. I mean salvation. It's the whole point of becoming a Christian by faith in Christ. Can, can you explain that? The word can. It's in the beginning of the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And, and then this, this is the best part. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name. That's beautiful. I want that, Mr. Grape. It's strange, because didn't even know I was missing it until now. I want that kind of assurance. Let me pray with you. That summer's end was a new beginning for us one we never would have come to have had had it not been for the unfortunate events and the crazy times we've been living in. Like Mr. Grape said that day, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. God's hand had been on us and been blessing us, and we hadn't even been aware. And as we drove away with a full tank of gas that neighbors in the town so kindly came to provide us, it was clear that his people called by his name, poured out their love on us. That unpromising event changed our lives forever with a promise from God that we now cling to. Listening friend, if you're interested in establishing a confidence that cannot be shaken, 
and want to become a child of God as Eric and Sandra did in our story. We'd love to be a resource for you. You can reach us at Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. Or we encourage you to call 1-888-NEED-HIM. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast and Don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. All right, the prize for this new sweepstakes contest is another beautiful wooden scripture plaque. The verse on this one is Psalm 34, 1, which says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Folks, this is a gorgeous little thing, especially if you're looking for daily inspiration from Scripture. You will love this authentic wooden plaque. The plaque has been sawn from a tree branch or log and cut in such a way to retain as much of the bark around the perimeter as possible. And this one's even got some extra character, as it looks like a knot from the tree was sawn off with it. If you'd like a peek at this scripture plaque, you're welcome to visit our podcast website, unshackledpodcast.org, and stop by the audio drama page for a picture. Unfortunately, folks, we are only able to mail this plaque to locations within the United States, so our drawing is limited to U.S. addresses. But if you reside in the U.S., all you have to do is enter our sweepstakes drawing. Is call 312 312- 281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org and give us your name, phone number, and email. Again, give us your name, your phone number, and your email. The winner of the sweepstakes for this beautiful scripture plaque will be announced September 19th, but the deadline for entry is September 3rd. We look forward to hearing from you. And next time... Help me with this thing. It's heavy. Okay. There better be lots of moolah in that box. Let's get her out of here. Ken Edwards spent his life as a criminal, robbing banks and burglarizing, leaving a trail of damaged people, broken promises, and counterfeit money. Well, look at that. Cartwheels. Cartwheels? Silver simoleons. They're doing some kind of publicity stunt, making change with silver dollars. He rode high and fell hard. Within 24 hours, we had a visit from Secret Service, the Treasury Department Anti-Counterfeiting Group. Don't miss the remarkable story of his redemption. You're a man without a friend anywhere here and uh, nowhere to turn. Yeah, that's pretty much right. The classic true testimony of Ken Edwards, another true dramatization from the classic files of Unshackled. Heard in the classic holiday favorite of Summer's End were Michael Walner, Alison Voller, 
Rick Dianowski, and Lisa Keefe. Original music, Don Badorf. Sound effects, Michael Kahn and Martin Robinson. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Audio engineer, Michael Kahn. Script, Jack O'Dell and Kylie Hammond. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ. <laughs>